You're listening to the Hamptons to Hollywood podcast, made possible by our friends at Rosé Piscine. Summer is right around the corner, and for us at Hamptons to Hollywood, that means lots of rosé is about to be consumed. Light, crisp, refreshing, rosé is truly our summer water. Our current favorite rosé brand is Rosé Piscine, the only rosé specifically made to drink on the rocks. It's made in the south of France and is a bold, exotic, and fruity taste. Whether we're sipping a glass on the beach in East Hampton or at a cafe on Melrose Place, Rosé Piscine is the definition of what Hamptons to Hollywood represents. High quality and casually luxurious. You can buy a bottle at rosépiscine.com. That's R-O-S-E-P-I-S-C-I-N-E.com. Hey guys, it's Kyle Langan again. In advance of Father's Day, this week's episode of the Hamptons to Hollywood podcast is a conversation with my dad, Patrick Langan. We talked about his unexpected foray into fatherhood, the similarities between fathers and sons, and the power of parenting consciously. I hope that my conversation with my dad inspires you to reach out to your own father or the father figure in your life and let them know how what they mean to you this weekend. So without further ado, time to meet my dad. Okay. Dad, thank you for being on the Hamptons to Hollywood podcast. Good to be here, Kai. Well, I wanted to talk to you about fatherhood today in in preparation for Father's Day that's coming up. Oh, how thoughtful. <laughs> so, you have, I, you're one of these people that have um, a really, like, I think among my friends when I was growing up, you were always, like, very, I think... <laughs> <laughs> it's Kyle laughing, not me. When I was growing up, I, all of my friends thought you were you were really cool. Really? Yeah, because you always had something going on. Like you always had, you were either making like a hot sauce or you were skateboarding. <laughs> you know, when other dads weren't weren't skateboarding, they were you know sitting on the couch and watching you know infomercials or whatever and so you have always been like a really cool like figure in my life and i think a lot of other people's lives too wow and i don't think you're aware of it really (laughs) so i wanted to see what if you could describe yourself in three words what would they be three words yeah like three adjectives oh three adjectives um okay um i would say um creative thoughtful exploratory oh okay why creative uh, because I'm always trying to I have a lot of ideas yeah they come to me naturally they yeah. I just get ideas and and I need to execute on them therefore I, I guess that's creative yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thoughtful because I care about how other people feel and um, exploratory because I'm always when I when I I get triggered by a thought I want to explore why what that is mm. you know I want to educate myself right uh, once I have a thought or someone gives me a tidbit of knowledge I need to broaden it I need to delve deeper I need to get down that rabbit hole which I've been yeah, which you've done. Yes, which I have done um, well, as a fault. <laughs> no. Well, 
when I was thinking about what to ask you, I was thinking about what, like, about you that I recognize in myself. And there's, it's, in well, it's just so weird how you see, and you can speak of this better than me because I'm not a parent, but, like, how you see, like, your own genes in your kids, you know? And it's so funny to me because I see a lot of you in me, you know? And I think particularly on that create, the creative side and that exploratory side that you said because that's like very resonant because I want to like try so many different kinds of things (laughs) to a fault (laughs) exactly I know because I can't I feel like I can never like pinpoint down like one thing to do time is so short even and I mean I feel like I have a long time you know I'm going to be here for you know, I hope to God a few, you know, and active for a few more years. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like I'm, I run, I'm running out of time, even though I think I've accomplished a lot and, and you'll accomplish more, but I just, I just like how, I just can't stop. Yeah. Right. I know. And I think that's like what keeps you young. And I think that you have very, you have a very young soul. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I just remember when you were, I mean, you must've been like 50 or so something when we were like skateboarding down the street on these (laughs) these boards you made you know and it was just so like it's like indelible in my mind because i never saw like an adult like behave (laughs) that way (laughs) but it was so cool like you know i remember like not you weren't ashamed no i was i was like proud i was I was so proud to have that as like my dad because I felt like other people like just didn't didn't have dads like that. Uh, huh, how about that? There's probably a lot of wives that were glad they didn't have <laughs> the kids didn't have dads like that. No, but it was so cool, you know, because well, you, you, you had this like very you had like such a like a youthful like and I I think you always felt like very like empowered. To me, you seemed very like empowered and like you were, you didn't you weren't afraid to like try new things. And where do you think that came from? Wow, great question. I I tell you I can tell you one thing, um, and it stuck with me for it's still with me. When I was a young kid and I started to draw, and there were no artists to be heard of in our family, you know. Um, you know, I would hear tidbits, you know, uh, Uncle Joey on, uh, you know, Tommy's, you know, second cousin, he drew stuff once in a while. You know, I hear that, but uh, my dad would, I came, I started to draw, and my dad said, you can do anything. And I, and I took it literally. <laughs> yeah. I really did. I took it literally. My father um, would say repeatedly over the my youth is what I'd say you can do anything you want do you think he was he got that same support or do you think he was like suppressed in a, in ways like why do you think that he maybe maybe have said said that to you like do you think because I think because I feel you told me that and probably because it was told to you right so do you think that he felt the same freedom to kind of go off on his own life or do you think that he was said that in direct opposition to how he was raised 
Man, great question. I would say he did that in, it was an opposition. He wasn't raised that way. Yeah. His, um, his, his birth father had left, left the family. Yeah. Um, he was raised by a, a good, a great guy who I thought it was my grandfather for years until I found out that he wasn't my, you know, wasn't my grandfather or, um, birth grandfather. But he was, he was the youngest of two, and the older son was told he can do anything. Mm. And, you know, he, uh, my father was forgotten about, I believe, you know. Um, and when I talked to my grandmother, uh, it, I did see evidence of that, you know, when I was old enough to understand. It did sound like, you know, it was always the older brother. It was mm. always the older brother. His name was Joe. And, uh. And he, and he was probably coddled and turned out to be unsuccessful. Yeah. And my dad just, you know, hey, you leave me, I'll just do my own thing, you know. Yeah. Um, ended up marrying a beautiful woman, had, you know, kids, uh, went to night school. Um, you know, four kids at home, went to night school, uh, got his degree, you know, probably by age 12. 30, he had gotten his degree at St. Joe's. Right? At St. Joe's, and then he um, he was working at the gas company. And as I when I speak to him about that, he says he was just you know you know faking it. You know he knew nothing about pipes and sewers and you know whatever gas companies do. He knew yeah. nothing, but he had the job and he um, talked his way into another job at Dupont. And he didn't know anything about DuPont and plastics and whatever he was. Then he just kept, then he finally got a job at Avon and um, just because he believed in himself. Yeah. To, he just believed in himself. And um, I think I believe in myself. I think you believe in yourself. I know, uh, I think Sean believes in himself. And I think, yeah, I don't, but to answer your question, he was suppressed, I think. And yeah. he just went out on his own. That's kind of cool that he maybe created this, like, line of, like, self-belief that I think maybe all of us are working off of. Hmm. You know? That's pretty interesting, yeah. Wow. I mean, it seems that way. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> kind of a funny thing, while we're on the topic of Grandpa. What's, tell us his real name. <laughs> his real name? Yeah. Francis. Patrick Langan. But he goes by... Pat. Right. And your name is... Francis Patrick Langan. But you go by... Pat. Right. And what's your mom's name? Patricia Ann Langan. And she goes by... Tia. Right. But Patricia is... Patricia. Right. Yeah. So then... So your parents got divorced when you were... Um, I was... I was... 19. And then he remarried. He remarried, yeah. And what was her name? Her name was Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> and that marriage didn't last very long, right? Not too long, no. Um, she's a real nice lady, um, but she was... Yeah, no, and, it didn't last too long. And then he married his third wife, who he's currently married to. Yes. And what's her name? Uh, Patricia. Uh, Isn't that funny? That's crazy. <laughs> that is so crazy. I, I just because uh, he, my father was, uh, you know, he was a bit of a smart aleck, and 
uh, you know, when he told me he had met a woman, um, and I says, no, you know, I'm, you know, I was happy for him, you know, and um, you know, and I said, what, what's her name? And I thought he mis misheard the question. He goes, Patricia. I says, no, not the woman you just left, the new, the woman you just met. He goes, Patricia. And I'm going, this guy, and his <laughs> hearing's going. <laughs> And, you know, That's so funny. it was funny. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Okay, so you're born in Philadelphia, and then you moved to Delaware. Mm hmm And you were, like, how old? Uh, third grade. What, it's eight, eight years old. Mm hmm Yeah. And then you lived most of your life there. We lived, uh, yeah, at, uh, in Newark, Newark, Delaware. Yeah. And then you eventually went on to do, to, to go to art school. York Academy of Art. So did you, before you did that, were, were you involved in art, like in high school or in, before that? <laughs> yeah, I used to do art. Um, I was always drawing, you know, I love to draw. Uh, I used to make um, comic books. And um, it's funny, I wish I had these things. They were, um, I'll never forget, one of the best ones I made. It was, you know, it rained like three days you know, and, you know, you get tired of watching TV, so, you you know, I'd get on the kitchen table with colored pencils and, you know, start sketching, and uh, I was into superheroes, and uh, I would, I was drawing this one, and I really got into, and I called it the Scorpion, Spider-Man's Friend. <laughs> And and I would love to see that today, see, because I was so proud of it. Everybody loved it. And uh, that's so funny because I used to do that same thing. I know you were so good at it. You know, you were you really had a natural talent with art. I was more of a um, I was more of a hardworking artist. Uh, you were more of a natural artist. I felt like I mean I developed a natural ability, but that was years later. But I had to actually sit down and like think about drawing like I think like you it just seemed like like it just flowed out of you yeah and uh, I was always impressed by that but I didn't have that you know but you have such an aesthetic we're sitting right in front of one of your pieces right now but yeah for those of us who can't see it <laughs> you like specialize in like nature artwork I would say yeah yeah um yeah I specialize in um primarily birds um but I do, um, I am I am a great, or I don't want to sound too vain there. Oh, God. <laughs> I am a very, I do have a very uh, uncanny skill with painting landscapes, like free landscapes, like uh, what they call, um, you know, prima landscapes, where they, I'm just painting, like, on site. Mm. You know, I really have a feel for that. But, you know, this piece here is, um, you know, it's an ornithological piece of a green-winged teal, it's a watercolor, high detail, yeah. but the, as far as the aesthetic, what did you mean by that? Well, I mean, it's you've a very you pay very high attention to detail. I think it's funny because when growing up, it was seemed so contrasting to have you do such detailed, like the feather, every hair of the wing was like you know just so, and mommy was doing like figure drawings where it was so loose and right. like wide you know brush strokes exactly and it was yeah. so I, so for me it's always so interesting to have seen the, both two, the contrast yeah, yeah 
I think it's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Your mother was a good painter. Um, what did you? What was your favorite thing to study in art school? Well, I tell you, the first couple years, I was really into typography. Couldn't get enough of it. Actually, wow. I started to paint, and I thought, you know what? I really wanted to be an illustrator. You know, I don't really enjoy doing, you know, kids, you know, playing with a ball in the grass. So I thought, yeah. um, you know, that's not just illustrators can illustrate bird books, you know. And so that's how I got into the birds. And oh. Well, and then you met Mommy in art school, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then you dated for like a long time. Yeah. yeah. But in that interim, you like traveled a lot, right? Didn't yeah. You, always, you were always traveling, I feel. I was, yeah, I was moving around a lot. I was, um, I had a job where I traveled a lot before you were born. Doing what? Uh, I managed a frame shop for a, a national gallery. So, we, you know, I was hauling art all over the country, you know, setting up frame shops here and there. And then when did you move to Colorado? Well, I was in Colorado when I was doing all that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but when before I moved to Colorado, I was working as a, uh, a carpenter. Did you try and get a job in art after you graduated or did you go right into carpentry i did try but i hadn't i did not have any success and it was funny because uh right out of school i got a great job working for a big a big contractor uh, you know at that time that was like 1982 they were paying me 18 dollars an hour that's good yeah huge money back then yeah so but i still had designs on uh, going west me and you know you remember Kevin mm -hmm. and um, Fritz and those guys. We decided to go uh, tobogganing one um, one afternoon after a snowstorm. I was the you know the lead guy on this toboggan, and you know we were doing these jumps. You know had to get some air, and um, one of the, got a little too much air, <laughs> and um, my foot slipped off of the toboggan, my left foot and kind of went under the toboggan and we all ran over it broke my ankle wow couldn't go you know couldn't go to work yeah you know kind of lost a job had my my plans for Colorado so I had to push that back and uh, my buddy uh, asked me if I would want a, uh, a puppy and I said sure I'd love that you know I went down and picked out the dog the week before and he goes like in seven weeks he'll be weaned and now I got a broken ankle no job and I got a puppy on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah. And how old are you? I was uh, twenty-three. That was a that was a funny time. And you were all the while kind of off and on dating mom. Yeah. When did you become more serious? When I got out to Colorado, we got more serious. Yeah. And then you eventually had me. Yeah. What and was your Initial reaction to finding out that you were having a baby. To be quite honest with you, I was ecstatic. Really? I was. Why? Had you always wanted to have kids? I did, and I I couldn't believe it. She found out she was pregnant because she had friends out, and they were running around doing something, and your mother had her head started to swim, or you know, she got sick. And um, her friends were kidding her, saying, oh, you're not much fun. You know, we come all the way out here and, you know, you're sick. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, a couple weeks later, a week later, found out she's pregnant. I don't know about the women's, women's <laughs> things, but... <laughs> but 
So you were happy about it. Yeah, I was happy about it, you know. I, and so you'd always wanted to have kids. I always wanted to have kids. Matter of fact, when we were to get when we went to get married, they almost didn't let us get married. Why? Because they give you a form that you have to fill out when yeah. you're getting married in the Catholic Church. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, you, you, you have to fill out the form separately. It's, Everything was, you know, copacetic, you know. And like, yeah. This is going to, you know. And then the, the, the priest says, but we have one big issue. He goes, you want six kids, she wants two. And I and and so we have a problem there. He was dead serious. I said, I don't care. Right. I'll take I'll take two. I'd rather, I'd rather six. Yeah. And, and and she was like, no, no. She put the kibosh on that. <laughs> Do you regret not having more? Um, no, not really. Because I mean, you guys came. I just enjoyed my time with you. You know, it was really. You know, I think we had a great relationship and. Uh, have a great relationship, but it was fun, and and I really thought you were it. You know, you were you know, and then, you know, eight years later, now I can put my now I got you were at a different point. You you know, you're a different age. You know, yeah. So now I can now I got another little guy I can have fun with. You know, yeah. And, and we were having fun in a different way because, and then Sean is, you know, at that you know he's running around the backyard just eating worms, <laughs> whatever. Is it? Did you did you want to have a bigger family because you would come from six kids? I think so. Yeah, I just I love the camaraderie. It was fun, and um, you know, I was from a busy household, and we always had an open house for Christmas and the holidays. And my parents were, you know, they were always welcoming. You know, even having two kids, I think we did that also. You know. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll be right back. Summer is right around the corner, and for us at Hamptons to Hollywood, that means lots of rosé is about to be consumed. Light, crisp, refreshing, rosé is truly our summer water. Our current favorite rosé brand is Rosé Piscine, the only rosé specifically made to drink on the rocks. It's made in the south of France and is a bold, exotic, and fruity taste. Whether we're sipping a glass on the beach in East Hampton or at a cafe on Melrose Place, Rosé Piscine is the definition of what Hamptons to Hollywood represents. High quality and casually luxurious. You can buy a bottle at rosépiscine.com. That's R-O-S-E-P-I-S-C-I-N-E dot com. What do you think that your best attribute as a dad was or is and the thing that you wish you would have done better? You know, staying sincerely involved with like what you guys are doing. You know, obviously you had your big things. You know, you're you know, you're playing soccer and and lacrosse and and, you, and the plays. But there was like the little you know the things where you know like you're drawing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, you know where I would put you know ask you. I said, God, these are fantastic drawings. You know, oh, it's just something I'm messing around with. Looking back on it, I think I gave both of you a lot of attention. Yeah, you were an involved parent. I guess, yeah, that's probably, yeah. See, you said that well. What about the other thing that you... Well, I'm weakest at? <laughs> well, not weakest. I would say... Um, or what maybe do you wish you would have done differently, if I, anything? For instance, one thing that I think I really regretted doing, when they wanted you to be... Um, you wanted to uh, get on a traveling soccer team, and I didn't think that you wanted to do it. But I, you know, I think that 
I really regretted you not doing that. And I think you were kind of listening to me. But then I think a couple of years later, you said you really missed not doing that. Really wish I would have not stepped in on that, you know? Yeah. That really bothered me. And I think you wanted to do it. Yeah, I remember that. I think I was such like a people pleaser. I think I was thinking like, oh, well, if it's going to like be an inconvenience, then I won't do it. Yeah, and that's that really... Because there was nothing was an inconvenience, you know. But right. but I wasn't. I must have been giving you some kind of vibe that made that you thought I I was being inconvenienced, or yeah. your mother and I were being inconvenienced, you know. And that's really. Uh, but I was also happy to just do whatever too. Yeah, you, know? you were. Good. You were definitely. It's like, okay, well, I'll just do this. Yeah. That, you know. Yeah, you were good with that. I thought a lot of times, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm going to be a modern parent, you know, I'm not going to do things, you know, the way I was raised, you know, and like, let, let this go, you know, and, and, you know, they'll make their own decision. And, and, uh, and you did. And most of them, 90% of them, I think turned out well, but there was things where I thought, you know, I should have pushed a little bit. I also think that you're such a good parent because you, you, I think you trusted us a lot until there wasn't like a reason to be trusted which they're never really mm. I mean Sean did you know nothing really terrible you know no he was just mischievous the other thing that I am really grateful for having being parented by you and mommy in, in mommy but you in particular is that it, um, how adamant you are about communication and about how like you always said like you can tell us anything like you know like doesn't matter what it is you won't get mad like you could and and you took me up on that all the time i know so that was huge because then i'm going you know you're a little son of a gun <laughs> <laughs> right but you know i loved it yeah. yeah and i think that you and mommy were in like synergistic in that way like you would be like mad at something that maybe we had done but wouldn't punish us because we you, you told we told you about it right you know i remember i can just see the conversations you and sean said sean I, just tell them because they can't be mad <laughs> i remember one time and you must have been so used to me like giving you like telling you like just you Every, know kid like growing up things but i had come back i had like spent the night out it was like homecoming my senior year of high school and i had spent the night out with like a bunch of friends we just like all camped out in like someone's backyard oh yeah yeah I remember that. and i came back um the next morning and i had gone to the dance with someone and and i was like dad guess what happened and you're like oh, you had sex with what's her name <laughs> and i was like no, I'm. I was the homecoming king. <laughs> but you I'll were never like forget so it. like probably just excited and like fearful. You know what I mean? It was just such like a genuine moment that. that I remember. And then the other thing that I also think that is a modern parent thing that you have, and I don't think this is as conscious as what you were saying earlier. But and I think I get a lot of this from you too. I remember we. Would, I would like go into the family room. <laughs> And you, be, you always like loved movies, right? Yeah. And you, I remember one time specifically, you're watching Schindler's List, and you had this like look on your face, and and you, you were like trying like not to cry, <laughs> right? And I, it was such a funny face, <laughs> because it was so funny. But I remember like how 
in tune you were to your own emotions. And I remember like that you would cry like in front of me. I remember like one time you would, and like it wasn't, I, I never thought that was like a weird thing, you know? And, um, and like you weren't ever afraid to be like vulnerable in front of your kids. And I think that that is a very huh. stereotypically like, you know, non-masculine or macho thing yeah. For, oh, yeah. A, got for a parent to do. And I remember that, like, growing up like that, it to me, it was just, it showed me that it's, like, completely normal to, like, cry watching a movie or to, <laughs> or to be in touch with your emotions. And it, like, represented this, like, duality of, like, what it meant to, like, be, like, a man, you know, because you could be, like, tough. And I always felt so, like, protected by you like whenever oh, we would like you, going in like the ocean or we were or you know what i mean like, i was always like didn't think that I would like drown or something you know what yeah. i mean but then you could huh. also be like so like in tune with like your emotions and i think that that's like something that i think is so hmm well i never th- so was i blubbering did i have tissues teasing <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah how about that because I, I think a lot that's a big problem like in society now i think like this toxic masculinity issue yeah, right and i never like I grew t- up around any of that um, and it's funny you say that because you portray yourself as you know a strong young man you know i i see that in you and um and obviously you know you have a confidence but i i just yeah like i wasn't conscious of what i was doing but um or what was happening yeah but evidently um i guess when you have afterthought you know it was a good thing i just feel very lucky to like have you and mom as as parents we're very lucky to have you guys as sons i really Mm -hmm. sincerely and i haven't really talked to sean about that but i would be interested to hear what he would say about it too you know (laughs) i just couldn't get over the way you negotiated things like as a kid i was really impressed like how so well you know, um, you know, with the bullying in, in school, like I was always concerned about that because kids would come home with these stories and I'm somebody bullying my kids, you know, like, and, um, you know, I'd ask her, right? I goes, Kyle, no, you know, no worries. And I'm going, why? You know, how does he dodge? You know, how does he, you know, and um, I think it would be because you, you know, had this exuberance and this confidence. People, you know, liked you. You had a great, you know, have a great personality. As a fa- as a, a parent of a younger kid, that was just uh, always on my mind. Would you were you like a worried parent? I wouldn't say worried. I was a conscious parent. You know, I always wanted to be there for you guys if something happened, and that was the whole point about you know, tell me anything. Right. Do you think you were a good dad? <laughs> yeah, I think I was a good dad. You know, I I had some issues. You know, and. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot I could have done better. You know, there were times where I would, you know, where I lost time with you guys. You know, because I wanted the house to look good. You know, I wish that would have. Wish I wouldn't have spent so much time doing that. I lost my temper at times. You know. And... How do you think you would be as like a grandparent? Oh, I think I'd be the best. Why? I think it would just be so much fun to like watch a little guy grow and 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 you know when you have a close relationship like i do with my sons and you know it it would be you know look at what he's doing now you know we could really be get close 
yeah um have close conversations and um i guess all parents maybe all grandparents do that with their kids i guess i'm probably well not all i don't think so as far as being a grandparent i would like to be involved and you know to mentor a nice you know a young kid you know just like i did with my sons you know yeah yeah you were definitely a good mentor because i remember you were just so thinking about how creative and entrepreneurial you are you made you designed your own skateboards and you made them <laughs> you formulated a, a, a original recipe for a hot sauce that you would sell do you remember yeah I remember that. and then you I'm still making it by the way you make something like this and then you <laughs> would um you remember you and Dewey were thinking about going into into the fashion business yeah, about the, for the, the outerwear that yeah, like you just did so many like uh, cool things. I think it informs a lot of my personality now. I remember you and I would take like you know these like boat rides out, <laughs> and I'll never forget those. We would make up stories. What? Oh yeah, go ahead about making up a story. Well, I, you were just like so. Like, you would say part of the story, and then it was like, and then I would and say the next would, part, and then you would expand off that, and then I would go, and then, and we would just be like, the two of us, just like, in this Zone. river, like, or like, cre- or whatever we were in, yeah. and just like, making up stories. <laughs> it was so cool. That creativity that you have, that you passed on to me, like, where do you think that you got that? Because Grandpa was like a businessman, and my mom I mean, she didn't work, but, like, was she create Or, like, how... Where do you think that you got I, that from? I think my dad, and when he wasn't... Um, I think he was very creative um, thinker. You know, his sales was his thing. And he was very good at it. I mean, it was creative in... In its know, own way. In its own way, correct. Oh, and then remember when he... When we went out to visit him in San Diego when he was into that abstract art? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was painting... And I said, yeah, that's pretty good. He goes, I can't draw, you know. But he had like a natural a natural ability to draw. He never thought of himself as an artist, but... Yeah, you know. I think it's cool. I think that you've definitely been, obviously, a big influence on me. And I just feel like a very, like, well-rounded person because of that, you know. Well, thank because you, Kyle. I, you know, raised. I think um, that's a wonderful thing. To, it's a great compliment. You have a lot of credit to give to yourself, you know. It's not just... You know what? I do have a regret. That's fun. I wish I had made more money. And, um, you know, when you guys were coming coming along, you know, you were young. And, um, you know, I, could, I, was, I had a job where, you know, I was in graphics and, you know, working as an art director. The job was tough. It was a lot of hours. I wish there was a way I could have made more money, you know, so you wouldn't have this debt you know, student loans, or Sean wouldn't have his debt. Adversity builds character. You are strong, Kyle, believe me. Well, thanks in part to you. There would be times where I'd be so concerned. Like when you went up to Montauk in the uh, escort, <laughs> remember that? Yeah. I'm like saying my prayers, and, and you go up there and you thrive. Then you went up in the Jeep too, right? Yeah. Then you had the Jeep for one year up there. You mm-hmm. came, and you, you know, you did well up there, working at the at the Gin Beach. When you drove out west, woo, I was worried about that one. You remember I gave you the knife? Oh, I, vaguely. I said, Kyle, if you, you know, don't be afraid to use this if you need. <laughs> Going through like the back 
you know, these I'm weird just, dirt roads yeah. in like Oklahoma. Yeah, and I thought if he breaks down, yeah. well, you've done, you've done a lot. You really have done a lot. Well, thank you for being on. You bet, son. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. 